Hi, welcome to the Tell Me What You're Proud Of podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Maggie Perry. I'm a licensed psychologist with a doctorate degree in clinical psychology. I'm also the founder of the online group therapy platform, Huddle.Care. I love helping people overcome anxiety, obsessive compulsive disorder, mood disorders, and stress. Please join us each week as we share real sessions with actual clients that reveal helpful techniques for effectively dealing with anxiety, OCD, mood disorders, and stress. We'll discuss what effective therapy looks like, sounds like, and feels like. We'll follow our guests as they overcome their biggest fears and find that despite their biological vulnerabilities, they can still live a rich, full, and meaningful life. My therapeutic approach is strengths-based and seeks to find and reinforce what clients do well to help them generalize those skills towards areas where they're stuck. My model for psychotherapy can be summed up as this. You tell me what you're proud of, and I'll help you become effective and happy across all areas of your life. Thanks for listening, and let's get the show started. Hi, this is Dr. Maggie Perry with Tell Me What You're Proud Of. In this um, last wrap-up session, I'll be um, talking to Danielle about how the last several weeks have gone. Um, Danielle and I just spoke several weeks ago, not several months ago. So we'll just cover um, where things are at so far. So Danielle, thanks so much for coming back on the show. Yes, thank you. Um, and so as I was just saying, I know it's only been a couple weeks since we talked before, but how are things going for you? Like what would be helpful to talk about? Things are going in general pretty good. Um, and of course, I I definitely wish they were even better. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I'm tempted to, to act in an OCD way towards my OCD strategies. So for example, the exposures that I'm doing, um, I'm, I'm using the um, Anxiety Challenger app to do them. And every day I have doubts about whether I'm doing them perfectly. Um, and so I didn't used to think I had any perfectionism because that's just not my main content area, but it's definitely creeping in there. And I constantly wonder, like, am I doing it right? What if I, what if I should probably just scrap this and, try and start all over? Um, but I'm not because I'm recognizing that that's kind of a, I've learned enough from you and hearing, hearing others talk in, in huddle group therapy um, that that's, that's not helpful. But, and, and in my own experience, I, I keep hopping from one thing to the next. So I need to, well, keep, well, still bringing it up to you and asking for advice and stuff, but just to kind of to, to keep with the uncomfortable feelings, not expect them to all just go away all of the sudden, or even after, even after a week or two weeks or five weeks or 20 weeks, um, I have a chronic illness. I think I need to kind of just wrap my head around that. And, um, what does and that at mean least, yeah, can um, you say more about that? Yeah, for me, I guess to keep with the metaphor, for me, that would mean not just suffering for the rest of my life. That would be having my chronic illness and not doing anything about it. I think it's like I need to go and just make sure that I have the right doctor and the right, that I'm on the right medication and that I'm on the right exercise schedule for my particular chronic illness or, or whatever, you know, that I, that I get a, um, a really cool bed because I have my chronic illness whatever I have always wanted a special bed <laughs> apostropedic no I don't know um so yeah as a metaphor um I just need to like you know keep learning and keep practicing and, and being um not expecting too much um 
Yeah, if I can just interrupt you there, that's a really great point. I think learning to accept OCD overall as a condition is different than accepting anxiety and OCD in any given moment. Both are really challenging. So in any given moment, noticing, okay, I was triggered, I had a thought, I'm having feelings, I'm having sensations. It's okay that these are here. They don't have to be meaningful. I don't have to brace or resist against them. And it doesn't mean that they're gonna get worse. Um, that's like accept, willing acceptance in any given moment. But then there's this whole other willing acceptance, which is um, accepting the fact that your brain um, has this extra biological vulnerability that makes you vulnerable to getting sensitized and then having intrusive thoughts chronically over the course of your life, uh, which means not necessarily that you'll suffer every day, but rather that you have to attend to your lifestyle behaviors and um, sleeping and eating well, noticing other emotional turmoil, like what makes you feel lonely or what makes you feel angry. That can all be sensitizing factors that would make your mind more like stickier. And then also accepting in any given stressful time when you do get sensitized and you get a new theme or content area that you've got to relate effectively. You have to put the work in to relate effectively to it when your whole body and your whole experience wants, would rather like resist against it or act as though it's not really happening. Um, is, yeah, is that how you think about accepting um, OCD as a chronic intermittent condition? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I have learned, I, I've learned so much in these, in this, in this year that, um, that it's almost too much, like it's packed in really tight and I still need to like go through it all again and, and keep reminding myself of all the things I learned. Um, but I, I feel like I have something to hold on to, and that um, like even if maybe my um, my fantasy dreams of just never feeling fear again won't come true, then at least I know that I don't have to let it rule my life. And so now I know how I'm supposed to behave and how I'm supposed to interact with my feelings and my thoughts. And um, if I can't just feel better, then at least I can still do things regardless of how I feel. So for example, <laughs> um, this weekend, my, my husband and a couple of, of our really good friends decided that we're going to Thailand next year. And I never in a million years wanted to go to Asia. I'm absolutely terrified. And my husband knows that we've been married for 10 years and he keeps trying to get me to go to somewhere that's not France. Um, and, and I keep saying, no, I'm, I'm terrified. I won't eat or drink anything while I'm there. I'll just worry, especially if we have like a long flight where it could get very turbulent and we could all throw up. And, um, you know, definitely one of us is going to get traveler's diarrhea. Uh, even if we don't, even if I don't eat or if I pack protein bars or something, I can't have a Mai Tai because there's ice in it. Where did the water come from? Um, and so this weekend I said, Maggie would want me to say yes, end of story. And so I did. I said, yes, end of story. And they bought tickets. And I <laughs> and I cried for a few hours. But, <laughs> but 
A, I know that sounds super horribly privileged. Um, we found really cheap tickets. And I and I'm and I know that most people would be like, you're going to Thailand, that's amazing. But for me, this is a struggle. And I and it's gonna be an opportunity, a 360 days of opportunity until the trip, um, of not doing anything. I'm gonna feel for I am nervous, but I have to make sure that I just don't do anything about it. <laughs> I'm going to be tempted to go to the doctor and ask for a prescription of Zofran and everything else that you can get and pack all that with me. Um, and I'm just going to have to not, not. Yeah. I can. And is it new to now think of like, those are what's maintaining the anxiety rather than those are what's helping me. Absolutely. Because if they were helping me, I would have been better a long time ago. Um, right. Getting, getting Dramamine and, and preparing enough um would have helped me a long time ago it's definitely made me worse i i see that absolutely so i know i know what i'm supposed to do and it's going to be hard and that's at once depressing and freeing yeah why is it worth it so you've got a year to prepare yeah. like and this is a, that this is a really great um way to think about how you want to re-engage with your life or you don't want to let your anxiety rule your life. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like it was new to even think like this is actually, if I didn't have anxiety and I didn't have OCD, this is something I'd want to do. Is that how you're thinking? Yeah. I'm thinking if I'm on my deathbed, what will I have wished that I did? And I'm sure that it's, if not, if not travel to Thailand, certainly go with my husband who does want to go to Thailand. That's a value that I have. Um, travel in general is pretty, pretty sweet. And I think if it wasn't for my husband, I would probably just go to England instead, Ireland and Scotland and France again. Um, but he wants to go climbing in Thailand. So <laughs> I could stay home. I could say no, I could make him sad. I could make me sad. But at the end of my life, I'm I'm going to, I think I'm going to be glad that I went. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so what do you have to do? To prepare? That's great. I'm really happy to hear that you're living by your values here. Um, what do you have to do to prepare? What, in what ways will you need to expose yourself to your OCD? Well, it's funny you phrase it that way because um, I want to start preparing now. And I think one way I'm going to ha have to prepare to do this the right way is to not prepare. Um, it's going to be tricky because a lot of people should probably prepare for a trip to Asia if they don't live in Asia. But I, I know myself and I know my tendencies are going to want to um, just, I'm just going to want to pack a bunch of protein bars. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I, so, I already, I already have wanted to just hop on Google and and say, you know, how do you keep yourself healthy over there, or what um, what's safe to, you know, Google what's safe to eat and drink in Thailand. Um, and I already have stopped myself from doing that. So, um, I just have to. I feel nervous, and and that's kind of like the end of the story. <laughs> So those are great response prevention. So you're not going to let yourself Google. You're not going to let yourself only pack protein bars or pack enough protein bars to like make it so that you can only eat those the whole time. And you're not going to go to the doctor more than you need to, to, to get these like prescriptions um, for if you feel nauseous. 
Um, those I would frame up as like response preventions. So what, what I know you're already doing exposure, but can you tie the exposure you're doing now and the next steps you need to take with exposure to uh, reducing your anxiety by the time you get to this trip? Um, I think probably this will not happen, but maybe an example of that would, would be to go um, somewhere closer, like Cabo, that's only three hours away, and try that for one week before I go to Thailand for two weeks, but that's not going to happen. So I think I kind of get what you're saying, but I'm not really sure how to do that. And that ties into like the exposures that I'm already doing. I'm not like sure that I'm doing them right and I'm not exactly sure what I need to add to it. Um, okay, let's talk more about that. So from my perspective, you're preparing for Thailand if you're reducing your anxiety about vomiting. Not your, so you will have experiential avoidance, I mean, experiential confidence if you go somewhere where you have the, the thought, what if I um, vomit and you can stay there and tolerate that fear, but you don't have to go somewhere as far as Cabo to do that. Anytime you go somewhere that where you have the thought I could vomit and you tolerate the fear that you have about it, you're increasing your endurance and your capacity to cope with that uncertainty. So something like throwing away the Tums so that if you get nauseous, you know, hanging out, watching TV, so, and you have to tolerate that nausea, that's um, contributing to being prepared for Thailand. Do you see what I mean? Yes. Um, I'm so, I feel like I, I almost feel like I don't have any more room. I don't know if I believe this, but I'm going to say it out loud. I, I almost feel like I don't have enough room for more exposures because of how nervous I am every day sending my child to school. Um, just because it's winter and I just, I expect the next stomach flu to be just around the corner. Um, and like you said, I did throw away my Tums and I coincidentally thought that like next week I had a stomach bug where I was prepared to let myself vomit, but it just didn't quite get that far. And so, I mean, that was a good experience. It was like kind of a small step. It was good. Um, but I don't know if I have it in me to like plan um, more of those right right now. I feel like every day, I don't know. I know that's what I need to do. Like, for example, well, need to go out and drive up to the mountains without Dramamine and just yeah, as a passenger, just drive around and feel nauseous and just, just do it. Um, yeah, that's a great exposure. So, but every day you have an incidental exposure when your yeah. child goes to school. Yeah. So, um, are you relating to that incidental exposure as though it's an opportunity? I'm, I'm trying. And I, I mentioned this in huddle, but I, I recently just realized that the subconscious thoughts that are going through my head all day and how I'm not um, challenging them enough. So I, so I, I do need to keep trying to do that or figure out how, how to do that. Um, and uh, the example was, you know, if my, coworker has a kid who's sick and I know she has two kids. I just automatically think to my comfort, I reassure myself and comfort myself by saying, well, I only have one kid. So we're going to have to deal with half the sickness. And that was not something that I was realizing that I was doing until recently. And so 
you suggested that when that thought pops into my head that I say, um, well, I'll probably get it from her kid or my, my kid will probably get sick twice as much just to, just to be sassy and silly. Um, so I, I do think it's in those everyday intrusive thoughts that I didn't know, didn't notice before that I, that I have the opportunity to, to fight back. And, um, and I remember, I remember Ken, when he was consulting with you about me, he said that, um, and I think he was talking about more my trauma than my, but whatever. I mean, it's also integrated. Um, but he was suggesting that I say all day, all day long, um, I will not exaggerate risk and I will not underestimate my ability. Um, so I feel like I need a mantra kind of like that, that will just carry me throughout the day. Um, because that's where my challenges lie right now is in my everyday thoughts. Um, I completely agree. So what else might pop? So I think it sounds like, you know, that off the top of your head, you could also write it down, put it on a sticky note and put it on your computer or what have you. But when, when else is that relevant? Like what, what other thoughts might pop into your head throughout the day that you kind of silently self-reassure or you ask someone else for reassurance? When, when do those thoughts happen? Um, I don't know. Yesterday I was particularly sensitized. I think it happens every time, every time after a holiday where you've had a couple days together as a family and, and for some reason I think, oh, we're safe now. <laughs> and then Monday comes and you send your kid back to school and you know there's a whole week ahead and another week and another week. And I'm like, oh no. Um, so I think that's maybe why I was really sensitized yesterday. But I just felt, you know, I felt it in my body. I felt it in my mind. I just felt so scared. And so I, um, I pulled up, I have, I have some sticky notes. I don't have that, that Ken quote particularly yet, but I have another one. And it says, um, just let go of control. And I, I just kind of stared at that sticky note. Like it was a life raft. Like I was like, yes, that's it. I'm, I'm just trying so hard to control to make everything, you know, nothing happen that's bad. And I just need to let, let go. I, I'm just like trying so hard to keep, keep my family afloat. I mean, that's what it feels like. Um, but it's not what's happening. And what does that mean to you when you think to let go of control and you actually let yourself do that? What happens in your body and what happens in your mind? Um, I feel like I, it's such, it's such a, um, it's a nice feeling because it's like, just give it, just give it up. It's not up. It's not up to you. Um, I tell, you know, I tell that to myself, like, you don't, you don't have to do anything. You can relax and just let life happen. Like there, in fact, you can't do anything because you can't predict the future. Um, and you don't have to. So just, and I also like, I like my sticky note that says, um, it's just a feeling, not a forecast. I don't know what's going to happen and I just need to just relax and, and wait, you know, cross that bridge when you come to it kind of thing. But by, by, by worrying, I, I keep, it's taking so much energy. Um, and so the idea that I could let go of control is, is like a breath of fresh air. It's like, Oh, really? I can. Okay. Um, but I'm just not used to thinking like that. 
Um, and I've only just recently realized that that worry is a compulsion, that ruminating is a compulsion, whereas I, I used to just think of worry as a as as fear, worry as a synonym for fear. And now I'm now I'm realizing that worry is an action. You know, it's like it's like when you worry at your sweater or you worry at something, it's a it's a verb. <laughs> it's an action verb. <laughs> Yeah, I totally agree with you. Thank you for describing it that way. What do you do when you notice that you're worrying in in your action? So like as a now, member, yeah. Now I tell my brain to stop it. Um, but before I didn't realize I could do that. I just thought, oh, I'm having fear and I'm afraid and it's valid. <laughs> so now I say stop ruminating. Um, and you know. Five minutes later, I have to say the same thing. Um, <laughs> Back, yeah, but it's going to so take a lot of practice. So you can think about it as a mindfulness practice of um, you try to bring yourself to the present, and then your mind drifts away, and you bring yourself back. So in this case, like it's a ruminative mindfulness in the sense that the where your mind goes back to is the rumination or the worry, but you can still just say and come on back to the present moment. Basically that anything that my mind is um, attaching itself to in this moment isn't uh, isn't helpful or isn't necessary or it's something that I can think of at another time. I'm going to bring myself back right now. Yes. That's kind of how you think about it. Yes. And it sounds so simple when I say it, but it's so hard. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not hard to do that. It's hard to remember to do that, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or it's hard to remember to do that on Mondays or something like that. Um, well, so yeah. What, what type of message would you get? Like um, if you, you think about the content of your thoughts and this type of content that's really sticky, what would make you think that it's useful to be ruminating as opposed to cue you to like, oh, this is rumination and worry. This is the kind of thing I let go. When would I choose to keep thinking about it? Um, yeah. So I would say like, when is it hard to notice worry as worry? Hmm. Let's see. Um, well, I mean, it's hard if I'm, if it's hard if I'm like in a physical state, like, um, like PMSing where I'm really weepy and emotional. It's, that's one example where it's hard. Um, and sometimes I recognize that I'm being, I recognize the cues, but don't um, respond to them as I know I should. And then I recognize what, that I did that wrong. <laughs> which is good, right? That's, mm -hmm. it's not well, do nothing. You, do you have compassion on yourself in that moment or more criticism? I, I don't have too much criticism. Um, so that's one thing I've got um, <laughs> going for me. <laughs> uh, so yeah, when else is that hard? I think, I mean, it's definitely easier when there's no when there, when I don't have any kind of evidence lying around that anything bad is about to happen. Um, so if, if I was supposed to get on the plane to Thailand tomorrow, I would definitely be maybe wanting to stick with that, my, that rumination because I would think that, that 
there is something I could do to keep myself safe and that my worry could serve a purpose. So are there any, bringing that into the present moment, are there any times where it feels useful to worry about or ruminate about your son? It, it did before I realized that the only things that I was using that were for safety behaviors. Like I would worry and then I would choose to keep worrying because I thought, oh, I, there's products I can buy. Or I think, oh, I used to be on the phone with, with the pediatrician like once a week for his first year and a half of life. Um, so for example, like that, like, oh, I could go buy a medicine or I could call or email the doctor. Um, and so if I ruminate, then that could lead to that, or I could buy something on Amazon that would, that would help us. I could pack something in the car that would prevent this from whatever. Um, but now I know that those, that if rumination leads to me wanting to do something like that, that that's, that's only going to make me worse, um, and keep up this belief that, that this really is a threat to my life and it is something that needs my attention and it's something that needs to be prevented at all costs. Um, and can you summarize what you shifted your narrative to or your belief system to? Um, now I know that, so one of, one of the exposures that I have on the Anxiety Challenger app is just a, just a little paragraph to myself that I just read. And it says, you are afraid of, you, have, you, are, you are in the habit, the bad habit, of believing that um, stomach upset and vomit is a threat to your lives and a threat to your family. And it is not the threat that you think it is. Um, and I've, I, it says like, I've been trying to keep myself safe and happy and instead I have made myself miserable. And so I'm choosing to try something different because that has not worked and I need to try something that does work. So I'm taking, taking it on faith that not doing those safety behaviors, not ruminating and not buying things on Amazon and calling the doctor will help because it'll convince, it'll help convince my brain or re rewire or retrain me to think that it's just something. It's not, it's not everything. It's not life threatening. It's just a piece of life where, where it's uncomfortable and then it ends. It's not forever, and it's not something to be avoided at all costs. I totally agree. How do you feel as you said that? It's hard because I um, definitely, there's pieces of me that doesn't agree. <laughs> there's a piece of me, there's a big piece of me that says, no, it is something to be avoided at all costs, and I won't go to Thailand. Maybe I won't go to Thailand. <laughs> Maybe I'll get out of it. Or, oh, this is horrendous. I, I kind of think, oh, maybe, maybe the vaccines won't work and we won't be able to travel because COVID won't be over. And that's a horrible thing to think. <laughs> but there's a piece of me that's like, but then I don't have to go to Thailand. It's okay to have that thought. And um, can you feel that loosening up? Like comparatively to when we first started working together, or is your... Um, palpable belief that stomach upset isn't a threat to your life. Is that feeling more real than it did several weeks or months ago? Yes. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, and I don't, I'm trying to think why. So because you're not <gasps> reinforcing it. Yeah. So you're, you're losing the belief that that's a threat to your life because you're choosing not to behaviorally reinforce it or reinforce it in your thinking. Yeah. So if you keep that up over the course of the year, there's really good reason to believe that you'll no longer be afraid of it by the time you go to Thailand. That's really hopeful. <laughs> so now I just, I just have to believe in myself that I can keep doing <laughs> That I can yeah. keep doing it because it's like a, you know, it's like a nice comfy bed that you're supposed to get out of and start working and you just want to crawl back into it sometimes. You're like, but it's really warm in there and I was there for eight hours. I just want to get back. And so I just have to make sure that I don't do that in the next year and crawl back to my safety behaviors. Yeah, it's a great point that people obviously recognize that safety behaviors are causing them suffering, but there are things that are, in any given moment, they're comforting, even though in the long term, they make it worse. So if yeah. you continue to re remind yourself, I have to try something new because what I was doing before wasn't working. Constantly. Yeah. Because some of us are more stubborn than others. <laughs> and what's that term? Um, immediate gratification? I... I used to be, I feel like I used to be self-disciplined or I learned that like growing up, I learned to, de to delay gratification. And then as I got older um, and just more afraid, I think I, I chose immediate gratification instead. So I feel like I've reverted back to like a child and that me and my son are going to have to learn to delay gratification together, <laughs> that I'm going to have to relearn it as he learns it anew. Because, yeah, you're right, I need to do this for my future self, even if in the moment it just feels so, so good to, like, you know, take Dramamine or call the doctor or whatever. Yeah, all of those are great points. Well, it sounds like you have your plan set out for you. Mm. <laughs> Thanks so much for sharing your story with us. Anything else you want to say before we close? I don't think so. Thank you for having me. Okay, you're welcome. All the best to you. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. If you felt any benefit from the show, please let us know and share it with anyone you think would also find benefit. As a disclaimer, please consult your doctor or therapist before attempting any strategy shared here. Thank you.